What's going on and welcome to the Slam Dunk Show. I am your host, Luke Hacker, and this is a Mullet Bro Sports podcast. If you know nothing about Mullet Bro Sports, go over to our Instagram page, at Mullet Bro Sports, and there you will find links to all the other Instagram pages and podcasts that we host, such as the Hot Takes Podcast, Wake the Quack Up, the Bosnian Mullet Show, and my other personal podcast, the Round the Bases Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get right into the show. It is Tuesday, December 6th, and it is time for the Slam Dunk Show. What is going on? I'm your host, Luke Hacker, and this last week of college basketball, it's been great, filled with a lot of great games and a lot of tough matchups that have been interesting to watch. But the first thing I want to do before we get into any games or anything at all, I wanted to shout out the Michigan Wolverines. They had a tough last couple games losing to Virginia, the number three team in the country by two. And then obviously they flew over to London on Sunday. You know, that's a long flight over there just to play Kentucky and lose by four. They are a good team. Do not lose hope if you're a Michigan Wolverine fan. They're a team in the Big Ten that I would say is going to contend for the Big Ten. And they're going to be a team that going into March is going to kind of come around and hit their stride at the right time. So, you know, they have a really good player in Hunter Dickinson. He's averaging 19.6 points per game and 9.1 rebounds. That's almost a double-double game. So I wouldn't lose hope if you're a Michigan fan. Jawan Howard, he will turn around that team. He's the coach over there, uh, part of the Fab Five previously a long time ago. And, you know, that's a, that's going to be a good team in March. So I would look out for them. Don't lose hope again. And, I mean, that's just kind of the first thing I wanted to do. Just because I know they had a tough week, I just wanted to shout them out. And that's a good schedule that they just played. And, you know, I think that shows them. And it's something to build on throughout the year and kind of look back on, you know, when you get through January and play a couple more tough teams. Uh, then you kind of see where the improvements are. So hopefully they'll turn it around. I have a lot of faith in them. And they'll be a good team definitely going into March. But the first game I wanted to look at on Tuesday, November 29th, Marquette had a huge win over number six Baylor. They shot the lights out 58% from the field and 48% from three. That's a winning formula if I know one myself. Uh, they held the lead pretty much the whole way. I mean, they were up at halftime 51 to 25. Their defense was just forcing a lot of bad shots and turnover. And that kind of just lets Marquette get out and capitalize with a lot of scoring. Uh, Shaka Smart, he's a really good coach, came over from Texas. So that's going to be a team that, you know, I know he's going to build that program up. You know, it's not no telling really how great they're going to be this year. Um, nothing really gets set until conference play with e any of these teams. But, uh, you know, that's a good foundation win, especially if you want to do something in March Madness, get a better seed. You know, that's definitely one of the games that uh, will put you over the edge a little bit and help you as far as seeding goes. And then on the 30th, which would have been Wednesday, Notre Dame beats Tom Izzo's number 20 Michigan State Spartans by 18. That's another great shooting performance by a team shooting 50% from the field and 42 from three. Notre Dame's got a good senior guard, uh, Cormac Ryan. He had 23 points on 8 of 11 shooting. That's hard to do, especially against Tom Izzo. Every Michigan State team is going to be tough. You know they're going to be good, and you know they're going to play extremely physical defense so anytime you can shoot from the field like that um, that's just going to show you know how great of a shooting team you are and how well you can stretch the floor it's kind of how you can beat Michigan State is if you're a good shooting team just because you can't be physical with them in the paint uh, I know especially I watched them earlier in the year you know 
first game of the season, they played Kentucky. You know, that's kind of like one of the tougher games throughout the year. Uh, usually, that's one of the kickoffs to college basketball, as I like to call it. And I got to watch Michigan State, and they are a good team. So if you're a Michigan State fan, don't give up on the team. Just like I kind of said with Michigan, you know, you hit a little roadblock. But, you know, throughout the year, they'll definitely get better. Tom Izzo, Hall of Fame coach. So I wouldn't worry too much. But, you know, that's a big win for Notre Dame, especially getting off on the right foot early in the season, playing in a tough conference like the ACC. Uh, that's just like something that you really want to look for, uh, especially when you got to go play teams like Virginia and Duke and North Carolina, who we'll talk about later. Uh, you know, all tough teams. Uh, so. That's a great win for Notre Dame, and uh, we'll just kind of see how their season progresses. And then on Thursday, this is kind of how I like to look at this game, that Utah beat Arizona after holding one of the best perimeter teams in Arizona to a 4 of 28 shooting night from three. Lots of bad shots and turnovers pretty much let Utah get out to a quick lead, and they kind of just controlled the rest of the game. Arizona's a good team. They're a great shooting team, had a rough night. That's what always concerns me about great shooting teams in March is if they hit a roadblock where they can't shoot the ball, what are they going to do? Arizona kind of showed you that if they can't shoot and another team can, they'll kind of fall apart. So hopefully Arizona can use this game to build. I know a lot of teams always say they learn more from the losses than the wins. So hopefully they can learn from this and uh, they can figure out a way to play better offensively even when the shots aren't falling and find a way to not turn the ball over quite as much just because I mean that's usually how a lot of teams get out to a quick lead is they get a few turnovers they start running the court and then they kind of hold control the rest of the way so also on Thursday another big game number two Texas beat Creighton a uh, tough game uh, all around just a very defense physical game nobody really shot the ball quite well but a couple clutch shots from senior Marcus Carr pretty much helped secure the victory for Texas. Texas obviously being one of the top teams in the country. I actually just watched them lose to Illinois, but they still are a top team in the country. I wouldn't be too concerned as a Creighton fan or even a Texas fan. Uh, that's a good team right there, so I'd be very proud of Texas winning that game. And then on Friday, number 6 Baylor beats number 14 Gonzaga. This was a rematch of the 2021 National Championship, if you remember. And in this game, Baylor trailed by seven with a minute 33 to go. And tough defense. Clutch shots down the stretch by Adam Flagger won the game. I mean, that's a great rebound game for Baylor. I mean, especially earlier in the week, you get blown out by Marquette. You see kind of that sense of urgency with a minute 33. You know, you got to win this game. You cannot lose two straight. Because uh, when you lose two straight in college basketball, that's just kind of something that you don't want to just fall into and then spiral out of control with losing games, turning the ball over. You play a little sloppier. So the sense of urgency just kind of showed, like, the maturity of this Baylor team. And, you know, it was really awesome to see. Don't be concerned if you're Gonzaga. Baylor's a good team. You're a good team. You have Drew Timmy still, Mark Fuse, a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, so, like, don't be concerned. Gonzaga, you're still a good team. But Baylor just really showed that sense of urgency and that greatness level of a team that, you know, really wanted to win this game and show a little bit that, you know, they weren't the same team on 
Tuesday that got blown out by Marquette. So great win by Baylor, huge win. Uh, so just kind of going into the weekend. On Saturday, Indiana was undefeated going into this game. They were the number 10 team in the country, unbeaten, and they fall to Rutgers. Down the stretch of the game, Rutgers freshman guard Derek Simpson scored 10 straight to seal the victory. I mean, Indiana really shot poorly the entire game. You know, 30.4% from the field and 24% from three. That is not going to cut it. That is not a top-tier team. I mean, you can't play that way and expect to win. And they got out-rebounded 47-33. to Anytime you get out-rebounded like that, you are never going to win. So, I mean, you lost by 15. Indiana, I wouldn't say you completely fell off after this game, but... That kind of showed a lot of weakness uh, shooting that poorly. So hopefully they can bounce back. You know, you never quite know this time of the year. Again, a lot of non-conference games. uh, You really don't know what you got until you start getting into conference play. But I guess this would be a good game, hopefully, for Indiana to look back on at the end of the season and kind of brush under the rug and say they learned something from it. So... Hopefully Indiana can figure it out. I trust that team over there, and hopefully they'll figure it out. And then on Sunday, like we talked about earlier, Michigan and Kentucky played in London. Really cool that they did that trip over there. I know I saw a lot of pictures of Kentucky and Michigan over there in London. I saw a picture of Calipari. Uh, He was outside the soccer stadium there. And, you know, it was just kind of a cool experience. I hope all the guys in that experience kind of, you know, took something away from that, and hopefully this was a good experience for both teams kind of getting away from their comfort zone and getting them out in another environment just to kind of see, you know, what you quite got. And uh, it was a 1 o'clock game. Kentucky finally got that big win outside of Rupp that they kind of needed this year. Hopefully this will kind of spark something for them. Uh, freshman guard, Kaysen Wallace, phenomenal game. A clutch three pretty much sealed the game, and he had 14 points, 4 for 4 from the three-point eight rebounds, and five assists. Oscar Shibway, uh, reigning player of the year, he had his 20th double-double in the last 22 games. He has been absolutely dominant over this last year and a half. So, you know, hopefully this will get Kentucky rolling. Kentucky obviously had a couple tough losses so far to Gonzaga and Michigan State. And maybe this will get them off on the right foot. Uh, They're definitely a very talented and deep team this year. But there's still a lot of development going. They were injured, kind of banged up at the beginning of the year. So hopefully, you know, maybe this will spark a little run in them and they can only build off of this. So other than that, there weren't too many important games this week. Uh, The AP poll came out and, you know, you got Houston at one, Texas and Virginia are the two and three. Uh, That all stayed the same this week. And the top five are all undefeated. So that is... After Virginia, it's number four, Purdue. And number five, UConn, a team we haven't heard in a little while, be undefeated like this and play as good as they are. They're a really good scoring team, and I'm excited to see what they do the rest of the season. That's a team that I look for in March to maybe make a little noise, shake up a little things, and you know maybe even, heck, make a run for a Elite Eight Final Four kind of spot. Arizona, they fall down six spots after the tough win to Utah, or tough loss to Utah. Um, you know, I still think they're a good team, 
But, you know, losing a game like that, that does hurt. And then just like Arizona, Baylor dropped down six spots after the blowout to Marquette. You know, they're still at 12, so they're not a bad team by any means. I think mainly just the way they got blown out by Marquette is what dropped them as much. I know they beat Gonzaga, but still you have to take in the loss to a little bit of say in the rankings this week. But, you know, Baylor, it's a long season. You still got time to go up. So Baylor fans, don't be mad, but, you know, you kind of deserve the drop. I know you beat Gonzaga, but still take the drop. I think they can only build off of this. Maybe this will help them a little bit throughout the season, a little adversity. Usually ends up helping teams in the long run. So that's great to see. And then Indiana obviously drops again, just like the last two teams we mentioned in Baylor and Arizona. They dropped down to 14. You know, that's kind of tough, but, you know, they really didn't have any great games on their schedule. They were undefeated, but, you know, I understand why they dropped four spots. So hopefully they can pick it up this week. And then Maryland, they are undefeated. They're up nine spots after a solid win versus a solid Illinois team who actually just beat Texas. So that win even looks even better on Maryland's part. So great win by Maryland, and I'm excited to see what they can do this year. I feel like the Big Ten is going to be a tough conference to win. You know, you got Purdue, you got Ohio State, you got Michigan. Maryland's in there, Illinois is in there. So that'll be a tough conference to win. So we'll see how that all shakes up going down the stretch of February, um, March. So hopefully that'll be kind of a great tournament to watch out for and kind of see who comes out of that. And then Gonzaga, they are obviously down four spots after they lost to Baylor. That's just a game you can't lose. Down all the way to 18. Gonzaga, I know they were near the top uh, all pretty much off season. So Gonzaga, I'm sure they'll get back. They have Drew Timmy. He was the runner-up for player of the year last year. He's a great player, so... I got to watch them earlier in the season beat up on my Kentucky Wildcats. I would definitely look out for Gonzaga, especially in March. But, you know, Gonzaga really hasn't had a whole lot of luck in March. So just kind of watch out for them. They're a very good team, very old team. And we'll kind of see how they do the rest of the season. And then, obviously, Creighton drops all the way down to 21 after they lost two straight games to Nebraska and Texas. Obviously, the game to Texas, you can't put too much into that just because Texas is a really good team. The loss to Nebraska kind of hurts a little more, so they'll be dropping down all the way to 21, and that's just kind of it for the AP poll. You know, not a whole lot of insane movement, but uh, the really big thing I wanted to talk about before I got into bracketology was this. What happened to North Carolina? Obviously, they were the first preseason number one with three losses before Christmas since 2013. If you remember, that was the year Kentucky went to the NIT. They lost to Robert Morris. Um, You know, it sucks, but they've obviously lost four straight games. Uh, The toughest was that four-overtime game versus Alabama. And, you know, currently they're without Armando Baycott, you know, one of the best players that they have on their team. He's got a shoulder injury, and, I mean, he is a senior He averaged a double-double last year. He's averaging a double-double this year. And if you remember, last year, North Carolina, they really didn't hit their stride right until, like, the end of the season going into the ACC tournament. And they really just figured out who they were throughout the NCAA tournament. So 
I wouldn't really be panicked. Like Hubert Davis said, you know, he told them he's not really panicked and he's convinced, you know, they are going to be a great basketball team by the end of the season. I would say the same thing, you know. I wouldn't be too concerned. They're a very talented team. Hubert Davis is a great coach. I mean, already what we've seen from him after being the successor to Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams, you know, you can see that he is a great coach. And that's a team that, I mean, you still got to look out for coming in March. So I definitely wouldn't worry too much about them if you're a North Carolina fan. I just would give them a little bit of time. Kind of like I always say about all these teams with a lot of one-and-dones or a lot of young teams or a lot of teams that bring in a lot of transfers. You know, it takes time to gel together, so don't worry. Thankfully, it's a long season. They will come around. I wouldn't worry too much. They're a great coach. They will develop. They'll get better. Don't worry. All that really matters in college basketball is how you perform in March. So it's only December. Uh, I'd still look out for North Carolina to do something in March and be kind of a scary team to play. Bracketology. Now, every year, if you don't know what bracketology is, it is run by ESPN uh, analyst for college basketball, Joe Lenardi. He always updates it pretty much every week, just kind of looking at like what's the movement and how could the bracket kind of shape up coming into March with college basketball. So it was last updated on the 5th, which would have been yesterday, Monday. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense that Houston is still the top overall seed, you know, the number one team in the AP poll. But I really don't like Houston that much. I don't think they're as talented as people say. They haven't really played many tough teams, but obviously maybe there's something that more people can see in them. But, you know, it's a long season. We'll see how they kind of play out. But uh, Houston, obviously a one seed. Texas has a one seed. But that'll probably change after they just lost to Illinois. UConn, all the way up to a one seed. Like I kind of said, that's a really good scoring team. De- definitely a dangerous team. Watch for in March. And Purdue's got a number one seed. No questions asked there. They're one of the best teams. Probably the best team in the Big Ten. I know I said earlier the Big Ten's a tough conference, but you know Purdue is definitely the top-tier team. Indiana with a two seed. I don't see that lasting very long uh, just because they lost that game the other day. They got some tough games coming up. Alabama up to a three seed. Kentucky up to a five seed. And then Yale is some team that I want to look for because Kentucky plays Yale later this week. Yale being a 12 seed in the tournament, Kentucky being a 5 seed. So that's kind of like how they would be uh, matched up against coming into March Madness, into the bracket. So that could be an interesting matchup for Saturday. Uh, Xavier up at a 7 seed. Baylor drops down to 3 Looking at the rest of the bracket, you know, it kind of makes sense with Tennessee at a 2. Oklahoma's going trending down with a 10 seed, but I wouldn't be too worried. You know, they definitely have a good coach over there at Oklahoma, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. Arizona trending down. You know, overall, this bracket, I wouldn't put too much uh, kind of faith into it right now. So, I mean, it's definitely not something that, I like to look for, um, but it is kind of cool to kind of see, you know, kind of where your team is. Uh, so definitely something I would check out, you know, North Carolina, they're trending down at an eight seed, but you know, last year they went on the incredible run that they did knocking out Duke and 
Unfortunately, they pretty much lost on a one possession at the end of the game to Kansas. So don't be too worried if you're a North Carolina fan. They'll, they'll turn it around. That's kind of what I also wanted to say after bracketology is don't put too much uh, into that right now. Your team could totally turn everything around come conference play. So, I mean, just kind of looking into the next week, uh, there's some tough games. Wednesday during the week, Nebraska, after beating Creighton, they get another top opponent, number 14, Indiana, at Assembly Hall. I expect Indiana to win that game. No questions asked. When you play at Assembly Hall, that's a tough place to play. So, obviously, the house that Bobby Knight built. So, that'll be a tough game for Nebraska. But, I mean, I I don't see them winning. I see Indiana winning. That's just kind of the way I perceive that. And then, most of the games come this weekend. Saturday, number one Houston gets their first test against a good SEC, number eight, Alabama. That's a team that I really like. You know, they're very fast scoring. And I would... I would definitely, if you're going to look for any game this weekend, circle that on your calendar. I don't know who I would pick. Honestly, as of right now, I'd probably go number one Houston just because, you know, I kind of trust the AP poll that they're doing everything right and putting Houston number one. But I would look out Alabama. They could come out very hot offensively. And that's another game that, you know, I would say it's a toss-up. So hopefully – uh, if Houston loses that game, they'll learn something from that game about their team. And then if Alabama wins that game, that's the game you mark down as look at the committee and go, hey, look at this game that we won earlier in the season against a tough team. And that's a game that hopefully will help your seating in March. And then Oklahoma, they play number nine, Arkansas. Obviously, Porter Moser, he was at Loyola, Chicago. Uh, and now he's the coach over at Oklahoma. So, We'll see how they do against Arkansas. Oklahoma's a very well-coached team, I would say. And Arkansas, they're just overall a phenomenal team in the SEC, one of the top teams in the SEC. So that'll be a tough game. And then number 14, Indiana, they have their second tough game of the week versus number 10, Arizona. Arizona, obviously, they lost the game earlier in the week where they did not shoot very well. I expect Arizona to play well this week. I expect them to play well from the perimeter, and when things aren't falling from the perimeter, I expect them to kind of figure it out. If they don't, maybe it's a different story next week, but for now, I kind of think Arizona will win that game. So Indiana kind of split this week, beating Nebraska and probably more than likely losing to Arizona. And then the last game on Saturday that I have circled, kind of a wild card, two very well-coached teams, number 11 Auburn, obviously coached by Bruce Pearl. They play Memphis, who's coached by Penny Hardaway. Two kind of tough teams, you know, two bigger names in college basketball. I look for Auburn to win that game, kind of circle that uh, for the committee coming into March. So hopefully, you know, Auburn will win that game. The SEC is very tough this year. That's a very well-coached team. So I would say Auburn will pull that game out against Memphis, but I wouldn't, you know, overlook Memphis because that could be a tough game. And the last game that I have circled, I would put this down as the game of the week, competing with Houston and Alabama. If that's not happening this week with the number one team playing a tough team, then this is the game of the week. The undefeated Maryland, number 13 team in the nation, they have a tough game. They play number seven Tennessee against a good coached Rick Barnes, Tennessee Volunteers team. Tennessee, they always find a way to play tough. They always seem to play very well from the perimeter. They always 
seem to play very well defensively, and they play always very good as a unit. Rick Barnes is one of the best coaches in college basketball right now, so I say Tennessee kind of hits Maryland, kind of gives them their first kind of punch in the mouth, but, you know, obviously that's also a test game for Tennessee, and we'll see how they respond because, obviously, they had a big win the other day over Kansas, so we'll see how they do this weekend, and then that's pretty much it for me. It should be a great week for college basketball. I'm excited to see everything that happens. Uh, thank you guys for listening so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, this is my first uh, episode of this podcast, so if you have any comments or any questions that you would like me to answer, please just let me know and hit up the DMs on my Instagram. So thank you guys so much again for listening, and I can't wait to see you guys next week.